Online 2019 progress marches on, and yet somehow there are still Nazis. Nevertheless, they're on the run this week, thanks to Europop and bureaucracy. We'll have more on that tonight on Destroy All Clickbait. So I'm Adam, with me as always is Ing. Hello, Ing. Listen to the podcast, the critics are saying, can you believe the stub fucker forgot to hit record? <laughs> <laughs> The podcast that Which is a callback that people won't get because that's the joke that wasn't recorded. (laughs) It's the podcast. It's very meta that way. The diseased ramblings of a couple of idiots that somehow are edited together to resemble a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have a guest with us today, and the guest is Elise Explosion. Hello, Elise. Hello. Good to to talk to you tonight. So, yes, we should explain what's going on for Elise, who is being completely uh, in the dark. Um, As we were joking, this could be the the kid from Stranger Things uh, prank show, and we didn't know it. (laughs) But no, what it is is, uh, yeah, we dig up uh, the clickbaitiest articles and things we can find around the web. And uh, we uh, make fun of them, basically. And we use it as a commentary on the larger uh, milieu, the mise-en-scene of the day, as it were. <clears throat> it's very intellectual and uh, well worth your time. It is so, not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, just going to get around about how many fart jokes should I expect? Uh, oh. Three. <laughs> Excellent. I can tell you precisely I'm a good company. because... I'm good I'll check the scale that we've got going here. Um... Well, the um, the thing, I actually didn't put up a link because uh, the, I didn't see a specific article about it. There probably isn't a specific article about it. Uh, but one of the news of the day that was funny kind of flittered across our consciousness and is already fading very quickly. But I did think it was kind of funny. The, uh, the whole thing about uh, Justin Bieber nonsensically threatening to fight Tom Cruise. Oh, yes. Did I mean, is yeah. that nonsensical, though, or is it that very sensible? Well, mostly I, what I saw is that people have taken this and turned this into a meme. Right. So that they are saying that, you know, who would you fight that is 31 years older than you? That's Because right. that is the approximate age difference between Tom Cruise and Justin Bieber. Right. Now, I, I did this very meme this morning. Uh, and I would like to tell you, uh, Mr. Bean, you're going down. <laughs> oh, you're going to win that. Limber. That fucker can't do anything right. <laughs> yeah. Rowan Atkinson I might be have a little difficulty with, but, you know, Mr. Bean, you toast. Yeah, that guy yeah. does not have any of his shit together. He's an absolute... You've seen well, him. That... He can't even go to the museum without showing his entire ass. <laughs> oh, shit. Literally and physically. I, I I think I think Harrison Ford fits for me. Oh, well, it was nice so, knowing you. Yeah, um. no, I'm dead. I am 100% dead. There's no question of that, if that works for me. Um, no, no, sorry. He's not. No, he's too old. Okay, I'm safe. Okay, good. I'm trying to Google celebrities. I actually never did the meme at the time, so I don't know. But the, the funny thing about that is everyone's like, oh, threatening someone who's 31 years older than you. Yeah, but Justin Bieber is what, like 20? And... Tom Cruise is still clearly in very good shape, so it's not picking a fight with an old man. Wow, Justin Bieber's 25. 25, He's a lot yeah. older than I thought he was. Well, you know, we all knew him as a little teenager, so he stays that way in our memory forever, right? But, uh, yeah, no, he's... he's 
you know, and he will be mentally 16 for his entire <laughs> life, I'm sure. But uh, as as witnessed by this... Oh, he's uh, a millennial, so now he's stuck being perpetually infantilized. <laughs> That's right. Happens to the best of us, Jay Biebs. Ah, uh, yes. The millennials forever. Jay Biebs. Well, Jay Biebs is, yeah. <laughs> Not, uh, this does feel like a desperate ploy for uh, relevance on Jay Biebs' part. Mm. Um, First like, of all, Adam, how dare you? <laughs> I dare. I very dare, because I think Justin Bieber... I re- who was it that referred to him as the King Joffrey of pop music? Um, oh, God. <laughs> Not wholly incorrect. I Well, th- I know. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's hilarious, because Justin Bieber is from the general region from which I hail, which is uh, sort of nor- uh, southeastern Ontario. Um, and I've known people who knew people who kind of knew him a little when he was a kid. And let's not forget, he he came to fame as a YouTube celebrity uh, originally. Yeah, Wait, he did so, cover songs on he did cover songs on YouTube. Yeah, he didn't even write his own music originally. He was just covering people's music, and he was this. And it was because he was like eleven when he did. He was really young. Yeah, he was a tiny, tiny child. Right. Well, so you know, metaphorically. It, <laughs> he was. It was a novelty to see this kid who was my tiny fight talented. son. Yeah, but my tiny Tom Cruise fighting son. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, son, you will you will take down Tom Cruise, and then you will be the new Tom Cruise. Well, that's fine if he can. You Just know, the song from the Lion King too. Only it's about fighting Tom Cruise instead of Simba. Now, why <laughs> would you ex- assume I would know the song that's from the Lion cut. King too? <laughs> I, have not I think seen... everybody. I I presume. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was foolish of me to think that the animation aficionado hadn't seen an, <laughs> ad- an animated movie done by a, one of the major animation studios. Yeah, I'm the jackass there. That yeah, clearly that was my problem. That was my bad. Well, let me tell you. Part of the reason I got out of animation is because of those damn. Disney direct-to-video sequels. So, right there and then, I'm going to I'm going to say that was something. I mean, lit, Pixar literally made a movie about how bad they are. The movie was Ratatouille, in case you're following along at home, uh, because Ratatouille is metaphorically about how Disney was a great restaurant slash studio, and it went down into the toilet and started grinding out cheap uh, disposable uh, TV dinners, which are the direct-to-video sequels. And then Pixar came back and supposedly put an end to them. And they did, but, you know, then they developed their own set of problems later yeah, on. Yeah, then but... Pixar started to do exactly that. Yep. Really, exactly. Pixar? You have room to talk after we have from the world of cars, planes? And from the yep. world of cars, toilets? And from <laughs> the world of cars, cars 3? Lightning McQueen eats it? Uh-huh. Which I still haven't seen, but yes. Yeah, that's, uh, well, it is funny because Ratatouille ends with, I mean, if we're following, you know, Remy the Rat as Pixar personified or whoever, and, uh, and the, the, the restaurant is Disney, it does end with them leaving and starting their own restaurant. Uh, and if you recall at that point, uh, there was a real feeling that Pixar was going to leave Disney and go off and become its own studio. And Disney dropped some ama- insane uh, number amount of money to, to Disney keep said, back fine, the do it. We can mm-hmm. prove we could do animated movies without you. And then they did uh, the Chicken Little movie. And they're like, no, we cannot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's so funny because I actually enjoyed that one. 
I heard it wasn't bad. Yeah. They no, it was few... actually kind of fun. Yeah, there's they they had a few from that era that were kind of, uh, they were unfortunately ditching the uh, the two D animated movie before people really wanted to stop going to them. They were just determined to to not make two D animated movies anymore. But um, yeah, I, they, they I, I still want two D animated movies. I I agree. I think there is a huge void for someone who can mm. come along and maybe do something kind of indie as a two D animated movie. I think there could be something really cool there. But uh, hey, so if you're listening, I anyone even who's like, listening, um, what you call it, like the Into the Spider Verse was somewhere like in between that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least it was trying to capture some of the, and that's the thing. Part of what made Spider Verse so exciting and interesting was that it was using 2D techniques to a large degree, the kind of thing you would see in a classically animated, you know, cartoon to a degree. Yeah. So there were there's we're definitely ripe for that. Some, so if any any uh, any uh, one's listening to this podcast and wants to front us uh, fifty million dollars to do a two D animated movie, uh, oh we're, fuck, we're I would so do. Hit us up. We'll be I here. would so do an animated version of Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> well, I would do any version of Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, there was a there was a Saturday morning cartoon based on Little Shop of Horrors, wasn't there? I believe there, there was. was. Yeah, that's like a super deep cut. Uh, it existed the, for like five this wasn't episodes, but into full on Twitter meme status. But a friend had mentioned that their uh, new sort of lie to tell people was to insist that there was a short lived uh, '80s cartoon adaptation of The Prisoner, <laughs> and that <laughs> yes, just really that. got down into like a rabbit hole of what '80s products got cartoon adaptations and didn't. Yeah. Should we just play a game like that where I list things and you tell me if there was a cartoon adaptation or not? Absolutely. That <laughs> All would right. be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So you know this. We're answering... You're quizzing us on this is yeah. the question here, right? Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so should I just give one and then you tell me if that one it is, or should I give yeah. three and one is a fake? No, no, no. Just do do them one at a time. Okay. We'll guess. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Rambo, First Blood. Uh, definitely, yes. Yeah. I'm yes. positive there was a Rambo cartoon. It's indeed that one. Um, These are all going to be yes, aren't they? <laughs> there's always a... There's always a perhaps yeah. Simon, as in the Simon Says game from the 90s. I don't remember it, but I'm going to say yes, because there al- almost always is. No, that one was a fake. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that, okay. that's a good guess, but no. That's, yeah. There was a Rubik's Cube yeah. cartoon, but not a Simon Says cartoon. No, so, okay. Um, Gremlins. Wow. Yes. There, I'm pretty there sure must, that one did exist. Logically, there must be, and yet I don't remember it at all, so I don't know. Do you even know? Are you Googling it right now? Uh, some of these I have to Google because I come up with ah, one that okay. I think is... That is, uh, that, that is but not No, true. that was a fake. Gremlins That's is fake. the one that I say is like my example that I genuinely can't believe there wasn't an yeah. animated C- series. Well, um, as, I, will, I will say as of February 25th, it appears that there is a Gremlins animated series in development for Warner Media's upcoming streaming service. Okay, now they make a Gremlins animated show? Yeah. Wow, that Te- is insane. So technically that might be a trick question. Godzilla. 
Oh, that, well, okay, how far back do you want to go? Because there was definitely at least one. That one's definitely- I'm pretty sure there were two. Yeah, that was a trick question. There were two. Mm-hmm. Jurassic not, Park. Not surprised. No. No, uh, there was. Yeah, there was. Nope, Jurassic Park was- wait, hold on. No, Jurassic Park was another one that was pitched but never made it to production. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Jumanji. Huh, I guess it sort of- Sorry, Jumanji, yes, there was. Yes. There definitely was for Jumanji, yeah. Okay, that one's there. Um, the Little Mermaid. Yeah, that, yeah there was definitely one for that. Yeah, I think all the Disney ones of that era got a... Well, there was, a there was Little Mermaid, there was Aladdin, um, there was, and then there was a bunch of stuff on Disney Afternoon. All right. Yeah, there was her Hercules, Beauty and the Beast. No. I'd, actually, no, you're right. Beauty and the Beast didn't have a, a cartoon. Beauty and the Beast did how... not have a cartoon. It just had a uh, direct to video right. sequels. sequels. Yeah, it's an entire five-season show about everything that happened in the three days. Wait, wait a minute, Judy actually, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> like, they already had to fold that into the sequel of Beauty and the Beast to explain that there was all this stuff happening. Because there's a very short window between Belle and meeting the Beast and him turning human, so... Unless the sequel is him turning back into a Beast. That would be, that would be how it works. Okay, Okay, what I'm thinking of is Mel's Magical World, so yeah. never mind, forget that. Tarzan. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm positive there was a Tarzan. And one he's of those. like baby Tarzan or something, too. Yeah. And there's probably another, like, non Disney Tarzan out there, too. My Did favorite it... is that there was a Conan animated show briefly. There was. The Conan the Adventurer. I yeah. remember watching uh, that. Well, you jumped ahead, and that killed literally three of mine because I was going to do Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Brave, and Conan the Adventurer because there was, like, uh... three of them. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Disney's Peter Pan. No. But there is a series of Disney fairies animated shorts. Right. Yeah, I'd say Tinkerbell more than Disney than Peter Pan. I was hoping I would get you there because there was a Peter Pan series clearly based on Disney's, but was actually mm. done by Fox. Ah. With mm. made distinctly undisnified <laughs> to get by. <laughs> The right. clear fact that they were ripping off that movie. Mm. Was it supposed to be based on Hook? That would be pretty funny. <laughs> the Robin Williams. Well, one. now I have to cross out the next one that I was going to do, which was Hook. Oh. Okay, fair enough. Big Great Trouble in alike. Little China. Uh, no. That's a tricky one. I would say yes, but... No, I, I made know. that one up. Yeah, uh, I'm like that one. That one's too R-rated. Yeah, I'm thinking of. I'm but thinking, then well, again, it's just and Rambo. They have cartoons. <laughs> then again, um, I'm pretty sure Robo one of the real one ones too. we listed was the Rubik's Cube. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a RoboCop animated show too. There so. was. I mean, for crying out loud, there's a Toxic Avenger animated show. Yeah, exactly. So. I really so. wish you people would stop jumping ahead. <laughs> Well, let's just say whatever crazy property you could think of from the 80s and early 90s, there was a cartoon spinoff. Except there wasn't, because like we said, Gremlins didn't get one. Uh, yet. Crazy. Yeah, yet. Yeah. yeah, and it is getting one. That's the part that's completely insane. Well, let's go. Let's move on. And to, since we're speaking of animation, let's talk about this. Uh, oh, this right. We have an actual article. show to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beans. I forgot to hit record. No. I'm... Oh, shit. <laughs> You gave me a scare. Digitally reaching. We missed, well, you know, we missed, <laughs> we missed the, the fun game that we played. 
Well, the the uh, there's this article at the outline, the uh, and it asks, is Goofy black too? Yes, too. Um, because the uh, the argument here, the, uh, by the way, the author the author of the article is um, Dylan Thomas Jones. And the argument is has apparently been for a while that Max, Goofy's son, is red as black, and that a Goofy movie is red as generally African American in spirit because. Um, and then the, it, a lot of it involves going to a concert by an entertainer who is named Powerline, and who, as we discussed in an earlier episode, uh, may or may not be Bruno Mars, but is definitely uh, has songs by Michael Jackson, I believe. Um, but Anyway, there is apparently it's basically been claimed by the African American community. But then that raises the question of whether Goofy, if his son is black, is Goofy black? Um, and this is actually a really good article, I thought. Boy, I really yeah. hope the answer is yes, because otherwise this just raises even more complications to the Goofy well, and Pluto problem. Well, I will well, say that some of the uh, the discussion that I had heard surrounding it is that there is a a not uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. There is a vocal group of people who think that Max is biracial right. and that Goofy is his white father. Right. That Goofy's imagined imagined wife or partner was uh, mm -hmm. black and Goofy himself is white and that Max is therefore mixed race. Which was the cow, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's so, right. Surprisingly, Clara no. Surprisingly, no. Clarabelle Cow is not canonically involved with uh, Goofy. Yeah, well, it would explain why Max is not a cow dog <laughs> abomination. I <laughs> so, don't know. Involved with Horace Horsecaller. That that there is a whole thing going on with. I had made the argument before in a very strange one there that it's like they're represented as dogs, but they're not, or it's like as dogs or ducks or mice, but they're not literally supposed to be that. It's akin to how the Egyptians depicted their gods with animal heads, animal. in fact, being anthropomorphic animal, but they were not supposed to be animals. Mm. That was just the artistic representation. So Goofy and Donald Duck are meant to represent humans, but they are depicted right. as anthropomorphic yeah. animals. Yeah, And I have to well, clarify, the first time I made this argument, I was sick and on a lot of cold medicine, <laughs> but I still think <laughs> that it has some validity in, oh, in an art it, history point of view. Oh, it, it definitely does. Like, there's no question to me that, for instance, Carl Barks, when he was doing the, the Donald Duck Uncle Scrooge comics, he was thinking of them as humans that happen to be drawn like ducks. Yeah. Because they literally interact with, like, birds and things. So, <laughs> and, and, the new you know. DuckTales cartoon starts with a focus on a non-anthropomorphic seagull as it tries to land by a boat and is shooed away by a sailor who is an anthropomorphic seagull. Right. It's essentially the BoJack Horseman non-logic that exists in that world. Um, like, and it raises the... It, and it answers the questions people have about, like, Minnie Mouse being scared of a mouse she sees in her kitchen and standing up right. on the chair. Though I would say, even if they were supposed to be mice, if you saw, like, a two-inch-long tall naked man running across <laughs> your kitchen, you would freak out, too. Yes, that's right. That's exactly... It also exactly. explains unco possible uncomfortable questions about Pluto and Goofy, as they are both yeah. dogs, but, like, Goofy's clearly supposed to be a man, but Pluto is a cartoon dog. Right. Mm. 
Yes, it's it's. I mean, that's just something. Like that if happens anything, in Goofy is a man that has been furried for the <laughs> depiction, while Goofy is a dog that has been anthropomorphized. Yeah. I don't even think of, I mean, it took me a while to twig that Goofy's supposed to be a dog, frankly. Um, you know, like a lot of the Disney characters are just, and especially since they came out of like the 20s when it was all this black and white and they were very, very, you know, primitive, char- primitively designed characters. Yeah. You know, y- you don't think of them as having a specific, <laughs> specific uh, species, really. They're just... Uh, they're, they have a little dot. In, and that was another thing that Carl Barks did eventually. Like, he would do Donald Duck, Uncle Scrooge, the nephews, a few other key characters would be ducks. Um, but everyone else would just be kind of human, but with, like, vaguely dog-like faces. And occasionally pig faces. But they're still essentially just cartoon humans. So right. they're, they're, t- they're tunes, as Roger Rabbit more or less uh, rationalized it into. You know, but, tunes have their own logic. But. Yeah, but that ra- and that raises the question that, like, say Roger and Jessica had a kid, would it be a uh-huh. rabbit or an anthropomorphic human? And right. I think that mm. the answer would be that it would be whatever form kind of matches the personality. But then that gets to the point that Jessica Rabbit supposedly does not actually match how she's drawn. Right. So that raises further questions. <laughs> she's not bad. And this may be like way. the greatest ratio of analysis to importance ever in terms of overanalyzing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the law is always whatever's funny. So, or whatever's, yeah. I guess, surprising. So you can argue <coughs> that, you know, it's, it's whatever is, whatever is entertainingly ridiculous. Uh, you know, we have baby, baby Herman, who is a baby, but off screen is not a, acts like a nor like an adult, man um so you can have the different uh personalities for a tune they're created to fulfill a certain role but they can break out of it uh when they're off screen in the roger rabbit universe so there you go but um we did say we we couldn't really talk about the racial stuff we're not really qualified to talk about that unfortunately and when it comes to goofy but it is really interesting. Do we also that... have to draw attention to the one fan, uh, fan cartoon of Goofy giving the sex talk to Max? Oh, God. <laughs> no, we do not have to do that. It's out there if you really want to read it. I also we believe the YouTuber uh, um, uh, Prozed uh-huh. had, oh, Prozid. Yeah. Yeah, Prozid had done a reading of it, and it is much better with Goofy with the Goofy voice. <laughs> God. That really helps it a lot. Oh, God. But anyway, that's actually a good article. So we're saying clickbait, but, you know, it actually is a solid article. And it actually does dig up a, a historical precedent for Goofy being black, even before any of this happened, like back in the 30s. Um, one of the animators, uh, I believe it's Art Babbitt, who co-created him, basically says, uh, you know, we did think of him as... And then, unfortunately, you're getting into a bit of a racism because he's, you know... He's a he's some he's sort of a minstrelsy cliche in some ways, although not not mm. necessarily. The I was most about to say one. that gets uncomfortable when there's just a bunch of goofy cartoons like done for the military that were like in goofiska and gallant sort of what not to do cartoons. Right. I mean, that's where it gets tricky because he's also very clearly like he's you know, characterized as an oaky, you know, like a, mm. like a white hillbilly, um, in some ways. Yeah. So, like which his is, outfit traditionally. 
Right. Like a spe- uh, with like the suspend the baggy suspender pants and the the raggedy top hat like. Right, right. Yeah. That that kind of that there was a whole thing in the 30s up to the 50s where Lil Abner came out of that as well and a few other things where, you know, there was this cliche of the hillbilly and that for some reason captured the pop cultural imagination and he's probably kind of tied into that as well uh more than anything else. But there is, I mean, there is some vague link there, which they're now using, they're using in the article to say, well, you know, so there's some, there's historical president, if it's not the best historical president. Um, but of course, the advantage of a cartoon character who is a anthropomorphized animal is that you can project whatever race you like onto them, which is actually kind of neat. I like the argument that Bugs Bunny is black, actually. Um that always makes a lot of sense to me in some ways. Uh, I I like that the article just has for like mo- for evidence that specific because you could argue that the shorts goofy is a different continuity than the Ducktales mm. and uh, Goof Troop one. But they point right. out in the Goofy Boofy sequel apparently in part of the thing where Goofy trying to be cool showing up to Max's college dresses has he did in college complete with an afro so that just. Right. Either answers or raises further questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that yes. either settles or further compacts the issue. <laughs> well, we've resolved nothing whatsoever. We've today, either so resolved or failed to resolve anything. Yeah. Good job, team. <laughs> Do we want to talk about Swamp Thing? And I mean, madness? at some level, I <sighs> always want to talk about Swamp Thing. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to talk about Swamp Thing? Alan Moore, loves- but... Yeah, right, of course, naturally. Um, There was a... uh, Yeah, so if you haven't been following the saga of the Swamp Thing, uh, which is the name of the book, comic sometimes, um, it was... uh, DC DC has created its own streaming service. Uh, The fact that there's another streaming service is considered a little dodgy because everyone is jumping into the streaming market. Uh, DC at least had sort of a, a... foothold in the sense that you were signing up for their comics i believe and then you could go from there to their you know streaming uh tv services so they had something they were offering before they were offering just the streaming tv service uh but then they were going to use that as their basis for titans and um and then doom patrol which is of course a wonderful show if you haven't seen it which yep and i'm furious now that yeah because uh by the way, here's the punchline. Doom Patrol renewed for season two, except the streaming service it's on appears to be dying, which right. seemingly may ha- may kill that out because D- uh, DC doesn't seem interested in bringing over anything from that streaming service over into anything else except for Titans. Right. Why, why only Titans? That's the part I don't get, anyway. I feel like somebody at DC is running this and they don't have a great sense of what people actually want to see because doom patrol was the breakout of that i feel like that's just kind of the problem with dc in general right now they Uh have no uh idea what their audience actually wants yeah i i hate to say it i feel like it's jeff johns's fault because i think he's he's got this very clear idea of what he wants out of dc and he's not listening to what people actually (laughs) they might have moved on from his you know, mid '80s concept of what DC is supposed to be. Uh, you know, not to not to badmouth the guy. Yeah, but entirely, here's but... the weirdest thing: that both like Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol really are close to being like direct adaptations of '80s or early '90s arcs and stories. 
And right. stuff like Titans mm-hmm. or that are closer to being the, air quote, modern or aughts or the grim and gritty era of it. That yeah, which is mm-hmm. part of a, like a lot of mocking Titans gets. Though yeah. I've heard it gets better, and I've heard it, good things about the series. It, it, and technically, I, I Doom Patrol it, is a spinoff from it. Yeah, it 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 was all on Netflix and. It was, yeah, it did get a little better than I was expecting, but it's, and then the ending really made me angry, honestly, Uh, but it really is going all in on the, we're edgy and grim and gritty. It's redeemed somewhat by the fact that the characters are actually kind of likable and they form a decent, like, family unit. That makes it a much more watchable show than it would otherwise be, but it is very much going, yeah, they, they say swears and there's lots of blood and violence. It's like... They're goofy superhero characters who are created for kids, for God's sake. Which is uh, also you know, weird that Doom Patrol has a lot of that, but leans into it in a different direction. Yeah, well, Doom Patrol has always been this weird, surrealist, not, you know, uncomfortable thing. So I think that's okay, the fact that Doom Patrol is yeah, But it's like, oh, it's comic characters, but there's like a lot of swearing and just like dysfunctional family <laughs> stuff. Or that it's yeah. like, yeah, that's Doom Patrol there, but, like, the way they use the swearing and, like, the grim and gritty stuff isn't, like, to show it's edgy. It's Brendan Fraser literally just looking at what's going around him, around him and going, what the hell's going on? Right. I don't well, understand anything. There's that, but they're also kind of liminal characters in that they're, yeah. yeah, they're technically superheroes, but they're, and they exist in a superhero world, but they're so far from the classic you know, Silver Age conception of superheroes, even though many of them are actually from the Silver Age. Uh, but the way they, they they have, they all feel like they were created in 1988, even though most of them weren't. Um, which I think is, you know, just because Grant Morrison reconfigured them so much, I think, yeah. uh, before and Paul Kupperberg. So they, they feel like they're of a different era. Whereas when you have characters like, you know, Starfire and Nightwing and, and the, well, not Nightwing, Robin even, um, you know, being swear, sweary and edgy. Being naughty it, swear boys. <laughs> it just, it it feels like it's trying very hard compared to Doom Patrol. Whereas Doom Patrol, I, I buy them as just normal people who say, and the fact that they have an overt superhero on the show in Cyborg, who is much more explicitly, yeah, I'm part of the Justice League, I'm a superhero, you know, I act like a traditional superhero, sort of emphasizes the fact that these are kind of, you know, marginalized characters that don't fit in as well. Anyway, um, but anyway, Doom Patrol is really good. Uh, the the Swamp Thing series, which I've seen only the first episode of, it was seeming decent. Uh, and again, it this can be as shocking and horrorful as you want because it is, you know, a horror show, a series. But um, because for reasons that nobody is a hundred percent on, it was abruptly canceled even i think even before it aired right i think it had one episode out yeah it was so like it a, had... literally a week after its debut mm, okay so it had actually it had at least done the pilot before it suddenly got canceled and they had to shorten the season and the original explanation somebody gave was that there was some weird stuff with tax credits in north carolina where they filmed that turned out to like it fell through basically they thought they were going to get like 30 million dollars from these tax credits and then suddenly something in the political bureaucracy said, no, no, you don't get this $30 million. So they had to suddenly, you know, cut costs and and ramp everything down. Um, 
But then somebody else popped up and said, no, 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 that's not accurate. They would never have done that. You, you wouldn't start a show not knowing where your $30 million are and blah, blah, blah. And that was basically... I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's an explanation. But on the other hand, you also wouldn't cancel a show after one episode. Yeah. Mm. Well, no. it, it has happened. But, True, but yeah, but not uh, for something that you're going to be putting on a streaming service that theoretically you would have vetted before you actually put it on your service, right? right. And you would have better uh, chance of getting metrics from direct thing about who got it there. And like the only other time I can think of it happening is famous because it got only one episode, and I think it's two. One was a show called uh, God, the Devil, and Bob. Oh, I remember right. that one. No, 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 mm -hmm. it, that later got remade. Yeah, I remember the The remake. first time it attempted to come through. And the other one was Heil Honey, I'm Home. Oh, yes. Which I was a this. sitcom about Hitler uh -huh. and his Jewish neighbors. And yes, this is why. <laughs> you don't say. That was a bit uh, hard to swallow. Yeah, but may I remind you, the Geico Cavemen got like four episodes. Yeah, yeah. Before well, they were cancelled. For something to be cancelled this abruptly, it has to have been a change in management or up up the ladder somewhere. Like, somebody said, we're going to do this, then they were, you know, they got a transfer, or they got fired, or they got promoted, or something happened, and then the people who were left behind went, no, that's terrible, we're going to pull the plug on it. Uh, that's the only way it makes sense for that quick turnaround. <laughs> or... The other possibility is just that the streaming service was a huge bomb and they decided they had to, like, wrap it up as fast as they could. I mean, I get that, but at the other hand, it was just finishing up the idea of, hey, Doom Patrol's first episode for one month is going to be free on YouTube and this is the incentive to watch the rest of it on the streaming service. And that seemed to be working. Yeah. Because yeah. I know, at least for me, I was like, okay, I will join the streaming service because I want to watch all of Doom Patrol and I'm holding on to it because, hey, Swamp Thing's coming up. Right, yeah. Mm. That was, that was no, a good... I will note me. that I'm taking this a bit personally because this is the second time I have joined a streaming service to watch a show and it's immediately died after. The second <laughs> was the one was... One? The first one was CISO when I joined to watch the My Brother, My Brother and Me show, and it immediately folded the day oh. I... The day I got my subscription to it. <laughs> You're oh. a jinx. I didn't even... I'd never even heard of that one, but yeah. I mean, that's... That, there is a... There was a... a Six episodes. You know, yeah. Yeah. There was a joke... There was a... The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in its last season, I know... It was a show, a lot of people kind of got cold on that show, but there was a good gag near the end where somebody was pitching a show and he's like, it's a great show, it's going to be on streaming, it's 13 episodes, it's pre-canceled, you'd be perfect for it. <laughs> and I feel, it's like, that that hits a little close to home, that argument. Yeah, wow! <laughs> and that was before all this stuff happened, so, but it did, it did feel like, yeah, somehow they're just making this content and not... It's not being used in a logical way. It's all a tax shelter somehow. I don't know. I mean, when HBO... There was a famous period in the uh, mid-aughts, uh, you know, 2005, 2004, where a bunch of HBO shows suddenly ended, uh, many of which were pretty acclaimed, the most prominent one being Deadwood. Uh, and it wasn't because of ratings, because HBO didn't do ratings. 
it was because basically a new management came in and they said, we're going to cut costs. So they started, you know, canceling all the shows that cost a lot of money, um, which meant... Which, that, of yeah. course, is, you know, eating your seeds. Right, exactly. And and that was, you know... It, and in fact, they clearly felt bad about um, David Milch, who created Deadwood. He actually got another show right away. And it was almost like an apology. But there's real feeling like, when you see stuff like that, you're like... Does the left hand know what the right hand is doing in these big corporations? Do they actually have? I am any reminded kind of, plan? of a lot. Like I'm gonna say, for me, the biggest insight to how these things work was actually um, reading the book on mystery science theater because they talk about how completely hellish it was working with every one of the channels they did and how the specifically. The like the second they were bought by uh, the Sci-Fi Channel, there was a change of executives, and the new executive openly wanted to destroy the show. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That seems to happen with movies too. That's basically, from what I can understand, what happened with the John Carter movie. Uh, like it was under production, and then there was a shuffling, you know, as it was being made, and they said, "Ah, oh, we hate this. This is terrible. It's made by the old regime." You know, we're going to tank it as hard as we can, basically. So, yes, yeah, Swamp Thing. It will be a bigger mystery than anything on the show. And it is still going. That's the hilarious part. You can still yeah, watch Swamp are... Thing every week. You can they're still board this sinking ship. <laughs> Indeed. I am going to watch it. And it's funny pal. because in, in uh, an earlier article stated, basically, that they'd been on board for 13 episodes, but it got chopped down to 10 back in yep. a- April. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's that was interesting. It's clearly somebody yanked on the tiller as hard as they could with this show. Like, it didn't just go, okay, we're going to let it run its course. It was like, no, we're ending it right now. So, that happened. Um, so and no one knows why. <laughs> someday there'll be a book written about it, and we'll all find out about the streaming wars of the late... 20 teens <laughs> somebody will somebody it'll be like that david letterman jay leno book that they published in the 90s it'll it'll be all the behind the scenes stories of that the year the year because it's gonna collapse all these streaming oh, channels yeah. they're not there's there's gonna be a huge we're starting to see it as good shows are getting booted off netflix unfortunately it's gonna keep happening oh so. yeah this has become a tragedy of the commons thing like for sure yeah, yeah. It's too bad. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to get too attached to anything these days because of that. <laughs> but anyway. But there is good news. And the good news, oddly enough, uh, this week relates to, um, the fascist stuff that's happening. I, um, we could have done a Speaking of Doom Patrol because they fight <laughs> Nazis in episode two, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Three, I think. But yes, they go to the Nazi hideaway in, in Argentina. Yeah. But today's Nazis... Paraguay. Don't Paraguay, yes, I'm sorry. Um, because they have to not- track, track down the Paraguay albino jackass. <laughs> I love that show. It's a good show. And they play Nazi punks fuck off while Cliff makes mincemeat well, out of Nazis. That's always a good choice. It is very good. <laughs> because he likes punk rock, you see. Um, but yeah... In, today's Nazis don't hide in uh, the Amazon. They hide in um, Italy, which is where Steve Bannon, 
who, as you may or may not know, was the advisor to the president for he was what was he the chief of staff? What was his actual role in the Trump White House? I don't um, even want to Google him to find out, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a. I mean, if I want to be like rude and just say that he was the chief wedgie picker, that's basically a good description of his job title. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's one of the. Worst human beings alive because he's, you know, he was a part of Trump's brain trust, but he literally goes around the globe now trying to rile up fascist movements. Oh yeah, he's uh, contributed mm-hmm. and helped for Brazil a lot too. Yeah, well, he came yeah. to Canada and that was just infuriating. And he's clearly like whispering in the ears of the right wing in Canada, which is gearing up. And now I'm really dreading that, unfortunately. Although mm. we, I will say. Uh, we had uh, something hilarious, as you as you probably know. Uh, the Toronto Raptors won the NBA uh, finals, and uh, they uh, there was a huge parade today. And Doug Ford. Oh, I heard this. Yeah, he's our local uh, our local uh, or our local, our premier provincial Asshole. premier. And yes, he is very Trumpian. He is a big bloated blowhard uh, slash everything. You know, give all his money to his corrupt cronies kind of guy. Uh, he got booed. He got snubbed by the players. It was just a horrible, <laughs> horrible day for him. He, he was made to look like a complete jerkwad today. And um, it is funny because he's been hiding. Like, he, he took over Ontario and he started slashing everything left and right. And people just were outraged and put, fighting back against it. And uh, he put on hold a lot of his cuts. And the reason is that there's a federal election coming up in Canada pretty soon. Um in, in the fall. And people were starting to look at Ontario and go, hey, is that what's going to happen federally? Because the federal conservatives were were doing really well in the polls, and they started to drop because everyone was looking at Ontario and seeing what was happening. So it's very... And the hilarious. answer they, is yes. Yeah, of course they are. But mm-hmm. they've basically now gone into, not, as not hiding, because they're the government, but they've, they've essentially suspended everything for like five months until the election can be over with. So nobody notices all the shit they're trying to pull in Ontario, and then they can go back to doing it after the, the Tories have won the federal election. But this kind of stuff keeps putting attention on... <laughs> Doug Ford. So, like, now there's been another nationwide period of paying attention to what a goober Doug Ford is. So, I, you know, every couple weeks I figure he's getting called up and yelled at by the federal Tories for, for looking like a complete asshole and making the whole party by extension look bad. Um, and speaking of right-wingers looking bad, what happened to uh, Bannon here was he was trying to start a like a training school? Yeah. yeah. Effectively? It's like no, really... like literally like a boot camp for fascist yeah. foot soldiers. He calls it he describes it. I have to it clarify a... this is not hyperbole. No, no, and, not uh... at all. Yeah, he describes it as a gladiator Gladi- school for cultural warriors. Uh, he talks about oh they'll learn philosophy and theology, but they're obviously training for like violence as well, which is the alarming part. Um, and it was, yeah, he was trying to build his own little gang of brown shirts. Uh, what became hilarious is that he was doing this in a, an Italian monastery, I believe, an ex-monastery, um, medieval monastery, yeah, near Rome. Uh, but they kicked him out because he forgot to pay his rent. <laughs> no, he didn't forget to pay his rent. I'm sorry. He didn't yeah. file the proper permits. No, what it looks like is that the, uh, 
yeah, and that the uh, the letter that was used to guarantee the lease was forged, so that there was the signature on the uh, the lease was from an employee of a Danish bank, but the bank said that the employee had not worked there for several years, claiming the letter fraudulent. Yeah, which is even more amazing, really. I mean. You know, if you take it, if you have a chance to do something corrupt, apparently, if you're Steve Bannon, you do it, even if it's going to ruin your other corrupt plans. So this is what's happened. Um, they're it's all getting... kind of nests. And the funny thing is, as I've heard a lot of people say in the wake of this, it's like if you look at one country, you expect to, you know, stand up to fascists. Italy is not it. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because historically they had a fascist leader. I'm saying, like, the current Italian government is not, you know, they're they're known for being pretty clown shoes, from what I understand. But they did this one right, apparently. And it was it was purely a matter of just the bureaucracy, as far as I can tell. It wasn't it wasn't like they were hostile to him going in. They just botched it so badly they had to kick him out. Which is pretty hilarious. Syphilitic asshole. Oh God, yeah, he's 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 got something. There's something wrong with this this guy for sure. He there's there's all these stories about like remember the story from like a year or two ago about he rented he lived in a hotel for a while and like the bathtub was destroyed by acid oh, God. and people were like he must have so he's definitely been dissolving dead bodies in there, right? Like, that was that was the only logical conclusion you could make. If I remember, guy. the defense was, no, he's not cooking dead... He wasn't dissolving dead bodies. He was cooking meth. <laughs> oh, is that oh, all? Oh, so that's okay. so much better, really. Yeah. Yeah, this... He's definitely... I mean, and, you know, you expect this... You, you see these online edgelords, and you expect them to be kind of young and... and dim-witted and this is somehow a what 60 year old man who has become a major you know political mover and shaker and but he's still doing exactly this kind of you know trash bag maneuverings that are out well, there. well he's he got his wealth by cheating at world of warcraft wait really i'm sorry what yeah, no, you didn't know this. He ran a no. gold, uh, gold farming operation on World of Warcraft. That's that like how he got. That's how he like started to get a lot of his money. Really? He wasn't just born rich. I mean, yeah, he was, but he, I'm pretty sure he wasted. Boy, I hope I'm remembering of the right one of these assholes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Was... Okay. It's in the auto suggestion there. Yeah, here we go from Intelliger. Uh, uh, yeah, the, his work with farming gold in World of Warcraft, or cheating at World of Warcraft to sell people fake currency for real money, is how he learned about the power of angry gamers. Uh -huh, ah, yeah, yeah. It, appear, it appears that uh, he convinced Goldman Sachs to invest $60 million into that company uh, that he was backing. Yeah. In fucking credible. Yeah. Okay, there's well, two ways he got money. One was, uh, of course, he had to be born to a proper cl class to be an investment there, but due to a kind of just some weirdness in contract, he wound up getting basically a cut of profits from Seinfeld. Right! Yes! God. I remember that, yes. And then he invested money from that into mining gold in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Oh, well, God. And then 
the like, other thing... Like, he's literally never done anything himself mm-hmm. to, like, actually make anything. Yeah. It's all been yep. this weird voodoo economist thing, which is entirely why all of Wall Street should be burnt to the ground and just left yeah. as a smoldering crater as a monument to the hubris and warning to future generations. Yeah. Well, as we know this, uh, we're already targeted by QAnon, uh, this website, or this uh, podcast, but <clears throat> there's also mutterings that like he, he really went in on some of the big dark money people who are out there you know trying to find and he was actually somehow he was the go-between between the trump camp and and some of these people so that's somehow he managed to insinuate himself in that group as well as a political operative so he has you know sugar daddies who are big evil please do not use the term sugar daddies for this man who looks like a sad meatball <laughs> fine i i will call him he he's he's got some uh He's got some spaghetti sauce coming out oh. there. That, is that that's worse, oh. isn't it? No, <laughs> that's, that's so worse. much worse. <laughs> the spaghetti sauce oozing out of Steve Bannon. Oh, <laughs> makes it. I rain. am so glad you cut out just now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> well, another good piece of fascist bashing news happened as well, um, which was quite a bit funnier. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Stuff. The fact that, like, this attempt to restart the brown shirts and the Hitler youth stalled due to basically lying on your le- lining on your lease contract really amuses yeah. me. <laughs> That's pretty funny, yes. it's. But even funnier is the fact that um, apparently Austria had a rising far-right party. Uh, which is, you know, as we know historically, that's never been a place that's had a problem with uh, the rise of fascist governments, Austria. Uh, but um, this uh, this far right wing government apparently was brought down by um, videos. Uh, it was so it's called the Freedom Party. Uh, their leader Heinz Christian Strache. Um, I refuse to believe that's a real name. <laughs> I'm afraid it is. That is literally, H- no, that, 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 is, that is the insert name for Nazi villain here <laughs> later name. <laughs> Mr. Mustache Twerwer. Um <clears throat> He's been filmed on a villa on the Spanish Mediterranean island of Ibiza, offering to fix state contracts for favors from a woman posing as a Russian oligarch's niece. So they did, I believe, a sting I don't understand. How would this guy. ruin anyone's career? Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, to see a politician being brought down by uh, obvious corruption, blatant visible corruption. Uh, but it apparently in Europe they do things differently, and that can end someone's career. Um, so, because of this, uh, Ibiza, uh, we're going to Ibiza by the Dutch pop group The Venga Boys has now become an anti-fa anthem. And uh, they literally went to Austria and performed it. And, I mean, they're, it's 20 years past anyone thinking about the Venga Boys. Um, they, were the, they were the group who sang the song, The Venga Bus is Coming. Uh, and they, you know, that was featured in Six Flags ads here in, in uh, North America for a while. With a little dancing goblin of some kind <laughs> that everyone is still scarred by. Um, but they I had another I think I... I believe I think of the song that the Vanga bus is coming anytime I see a large number of small dogs walking down the street. 
Ah, but the Venue Boys are also behind the classic Boom 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 Boom. Oh yes, another that one. one. Yes, that's right. The Boom Boom Boom. I want you. I'm in just my saying. Room. So that it is, is a basically great... two whole songs that we are familiar of theirs. Well, the the one that's in that's been important to this story is the third one. Uh, we're going to Ibiza. So they they weren't a one hit wonder. They had a few hits in the late nineties. No. And amusingly enough, uh, the singles chronology goes: We like to party. Then yeah. boom, 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 boom. Followed by we're going to Ibiza. Yep, that so they had three a in a row. Of, yep, they had three in a row. That I I think they're probably all on the same album, so they may be one album wonder. But they definitely had uh, a couple of. Hit. I do remember them being somewhat uh, ubiquitous when I was in college. Um, <clears throat> if you're a big, if you're a fan of dance music, um, but yeah, we're going to Ibiza. Because Ibiza is the party capital when you're in Europe. That's where everyone goes to party. And they like they like to party. Citation needed. I just dumped down the middle of a fucking Venga Boys rabbit hole and it is incredible. Yeah. They released the album like five different ways. It's called The Party Album! Exclamation point. Uh, and this, this We're Going to Ibiza was literally the sixth single off of the show, the album. Mm. So Eurodance is just this whole world that I know very little about, but it yeah. is just this magical, magical world where things like Aqua and the Venga Boys can have like actual charting hits. Well, it's, it, it is pretty amazing. Um, I, I'm actually reminded of a bit, I think it was John Oliver where he had, um, he, they learned that, um, Bashar al-Assad in Syria. He one of his favorite songs was "Right Said Fred's," uh, whatever that his big song was. What was that song again? I'm too uh, sexy. Yeah, I'm too sexy. So they did. They actually had "Right Said Fred" on the song to to sing a, a an anti Assad Assad version of that song. So something similar has happened here because they did, like I say, they they then went to Austria and performed. For like anti-fascist concerts, uh, it's always interesting to me. Like, for all I know, they were very you know strongly left-wing. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to believe that, but it, it's always funny when someone gets adopted in that way, and then they, their politics kind of shift <laughs> to go along with whoever's cheering for them. Basically, that's more or less what happened with Gritty, the uh, the mascot. Uh, Gritty's Antifa. Yeah. No, Gritty fact... has always been a precious, perfect boy. Ever since he was found in the Black Woods of Germany. <laughs> no, he is. He's he's love, lovely and wonderful. But the fact that he was adopted by Antifa, he was adopted by uh, a wild Antifa and raised among the simple people of Antifa in their in their ways. They found of him Nazi living punching. in a bar. A bug surrounded a bug. by the bones of his victims, and they brought him to society to be a sports mascot. Yep, and uh, everything about him is great. But it is it is cool that everyone leaned into uh, Gritty being Eddie Fod. Like they they literally passed a resolution on the uh, Pittsburgh. So he's Pittsburgh, right? no Philadelphia, Philly, city, yeah, yeah, Philadelphia City Council, uh, saying yes, Gritty is Eddie Fod. Like they literally passed that in the city council, which is pretty uh, which is pretty great, I think. Because usually they might shy away from that. You know, it's nice to see someone going, yeah, we're going to pass a resolution, as joking as it is, that says that condemns fascism. I know? do also like that the marketing leans into the idea that Gritty is a 
literal fairy tale wilderness monster, such as him just posing for Thanksgiving, just menacingly holding an, a knife and a, a giant knife and fork. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that really his box? Yes. Yeah. No, that was a real thing they did. Okay. Just leaning into the fact, yeah, this is a literal fairy tale monster. Yeah, he's a, he's clearly a troll of some kind. I mean, he's he's essentially. I mean, he's ideas... literally a bugbear because it, he's kind of like a Muppet What's It monster, and a right. lot of the Muppet What's It ones of that variety are based kind of on European bugbear ones, and thus you know European swamp bug uh, bogeymen <laughs> like Sweetums is one of the biggest example, and he's literally just. Yeah. Like, a cross between an ogre and, like, the Irish uh, bugbear. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, he. I, I definitely think of him as being a more upbeat Oscar the Grouch, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess, coming from that, yeah, tradition, for sure. Is the uh, gritty a grouch with gigantism? <laughs> Maybe. It's a it's an offshoot is, of the is Grouch. Is the gritty an evolved form of the original version of Oscar the right. Grouch? Right, you evolved from Oscar the Grouch to gritty to Sweetums. That's the uh, Pokemon. Wait, no, no, no. Well, Here... especially because the original Oscar the Grouch was an orange Muppet. He was. Oh my god, hear me out on this, because I'm going, like, galaxy brain on this. Oscar and Grouches like him are the larva form. <laughs> and much like bag, I'm sorry, they're the pupa form because much like bagworms, they create a chrysalis out of debris and build it in a shell around them to protect them for their metamorphosis. There is an as yet <laughs> unseen larval form of Grouch, right? And then the adult form is that they emerged bur- uh, like palest from the skull of Zeus. <laughs> bursting out of the trash can into the gritty form we recognize. <laughs> if we pour through the Muppet lore, I'm sure we will find the larval form of the Grouch. It's in there somewhere. The Grouch... The this is gonna be my next stupid art thing that I do, just for <laughs> yes. the sake of myself, of just drawing the life cycle of Gritty and the Grouches. <laughs> That's right. They could well. Did you see? I think it was Mike Sterling did the whole thing about the uh, the life cycle of the Smurfs. Uh, how they, you know, they the Gargamels hunt Smurfs, and you know, big the the Smurfs, you know, can bring down a fully grown Gargamel when they can <laughs> when they team up. It was the same kind of thing. Anyway, um, shall we do? Let's do one more. What's a good one to end on? Here? I don't know why my mind. I went- would really like to talk about that xbox body wash guys okay all right <laughs> let's talk about the xbox because okay Cause the alternative so was... one is what else do we have well there's oh, the co-worker the... who slacks off all day which is just the one of don't be a narc yeah, yeah that's uh, and be... a defense of the missionary position by quillette and i would rather eat my own anus literally than read something by quillette so there we go yes well, I don't think that's the best phrasing to use in your case, but yeah. Whoa! <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, Quillette is this, isn't, wasn't that founded by Jordan Peterson or something? I can't even remember. Oh, God. That sounds like too much close to genuine work for him to have actually done that. I don't even need to scrub my fucking search history, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, but anyway, so hot. Oh hot God, I just realized. E three. I'm sorry, sorry mentioning ahead. the search history. I just realized how bad this is gonna look to my FBI agent because the search is there. Steve Bannon, Italian fascist movements is goofy black. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Defense of the missionary position at Quillette. We're very confused at this point. <laughs> we think he's on our side? Is Goofy Antifa? <laughs> of course he is. Well, yeah, he's no, a... he start. He Damn was right. in the army in World War II, so he's got Oh, that's right, he fought Nazis! Anybody who fought Nazis is a friend of mine. I mean, at very least, he was like, uh... The, uh like, the in the entertainment... Division like Captain America was originally <laughs> doing USO shows. Yeah, because yep. he did educational videos for the army. Well, like all cartoon characters, basically, they were all in the propaganda wing of the of the. Except American Donald Duck, army. we know for sure Donald Duck has seen active duty. That's true. Right. Yes, yeah, Donald a, Duck carries the mental the scars of things he is not proud of, but were necessary to do. Uh huh. Yeah, he's got. He's he's got. He's he's a Vietnam. He he's Rambo decades early, basically. You know, he gets he goes into his uh, he gets PTSD and he goes on a killing rampage, as we've all seen. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Elise, why don't you tell us about this uh, Microsoft? Right. So uh, so hot on the heels of E three, uh, the largest conference for developers to kind of share the new shit they're talking about. Uh, it appears that Microsoft has partnered with Axe exclusively in Australia to uh, kind of, it's a body care line under their Lynx branding. Uh, I actually think this is kind of a genius move. Mostly because Mostly because gamers do have that kind of like funk, you know, that, that precedes them. The, the stereotype of them being smelly basement dwellers shoving Doritos into their faces. <laughs> so why not have the target audience for your cleaning product be some dudes who just want to, like, use the same product to wash their hair and their body at the same time? Yeah, I, I love the implicit message here, which is, hey, you guys stink. <laughs> which if you put that on a message gamers stink you'd get you know people attacking you but if you put it in the form of a product that they can consume then they can't get enough of it so apparently the question that we have all wondered is what xbox smells like so get your nose away from your console because that is not what it's about uh, apparently xbox smells like and i quote pulsing green citrus Featuring top Ugh. notes of kefir lime and winter lemon, aromatic herbal middle notes of mint and sage, and woody bottom notes of patchouli and clear wood. Which basically means wow. this fucking reeks. It <laughs> so smells, in other words, like ass. It smells like a hippie ate some fucking fruit. Yeah, it sounds like they were listening to Led Zeppelin and they got to the bit about squeeze my lemon and they took it way too seriously. Mm. Featuring top notes of kaffir lime. What is the difference between a pulsing green citrus? I am very the... uncomfortable with the term pulsing. Pulsing green citrus? <laughs> I know, right? That's the bit that really uh, like that, sets that just your kind of pushes it over you. the edge. Just yeah. like pulsing green citrus. Uh, 
Your your <laughs> citrus fruits should not be pulsing. If they are, I think Please you might need to go back doctor. to the beginning and talk about Toxic Avenger again. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I was thinking of buying this citrus-flavored thing, but I don't know. It's pulsing. So... Sign me the fuck up! <laughs> God, I'm just picturing just like... Like... I, I'm imagining just like the Cr David Cronenberg's uh, video game console from um, Existence. Gaming is dead. Long live the new fun. It's like every line I read in this article, Microsoft expects gamers to power up with Xbox Link's products uh... before leaving the house. Presumably where they will do the absolute minimum required of them before returning home to game. Wow. Okay, this is making me think, like, if this is successful, is there a way we can sell them on, like, uh, eschewing misogyny somehow in the form of a product? Like, they won't listen to you if you tell them, but maybe if you can find a, like, you know, a product that, <laughs> the, the you know, stop harassing women product, they'll, they'll buy it. Because it's mm. ext extreme... Leave women alone. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, it smells like I'm being laid low by the matriarchy. Yeah. No, you can't say that. They would, that, they, that would, yeah, no, that's like the opposite. Yeah, they'd, they'd flee from that loudly. But if you can sell it as, whoa, you want to be a gamer to the extreme? Then buy this product that prevents you from harassing women online. I don't know how you would do that, but there's got to be a way. I'd love it. That'd then buy cool. new gamer. Never speak. How dare you speak to me? <laughs> it's Jeff Goldblum in the ads. Gamers, real gamers, never speak. And it to all me. comes yeah. full circle. Endorsed by Jeff Goldblum. Endorsed by Jeff Goldblum and your mom. Never speak to me again. Shut up and take our money. <laughs> we may be onto something here. Because as long as it's as long as it's something you can buy, they're into it. Basically. Okay, I think uh, shall shall we uh, shall we wrap it up, or did you guys have any anything else you wanted to talk about there? I think I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Okay, we're all good, and it was a good show. Um, so we've we've seen notes of hope in the world today because. You know, the Italians are kicking out Steve Bannon and the Austrians are kicking out whoever that other person is. And gamers smell slightly nicer. No, they smell terrible, but they... You know what? This but can you can only hear be it coming now. Yeah. I'm going to have to see if I can get my hands on some of this stuff eventually. I'll disintegrate because it's not for women, but you know. No, no. It's, you'll, you'll ruin it by... A, a girl put this on! <laughs> It's ruined my manhood. It's worse oh, no. than soy. It's worse than soy. You're melting! What a world! What a world! We can destroy Microsoft's entire product line by putting rumors in. They only like so like they hate soy, but they love brain pills, that gang. Oh the yeah. Brain pills hawked by online grifters. The Ben the Ben Shapiros and the and the probably Steve Bannon's. I don't know if he ever hawked brain pills, but it's the kind of thing he would. The people at Quillette as well, they probably hawk their brain pills. If Bannon so, didn't hawk it there, he's probably invested in it. Because like I true. mentioned, you know, him doing stuff is too much like work. 
Indeed. He's he's a he's the guy who just wants he, he won't even read the things he's criticizing and he won't uh, he he'll he eats all meat diets and No, that's Jordan Peterson. Oh, who are we talking about? I thought we were talking about I said about Bannon. To be fair, they're all basically the same. Oh, you said one. Bannon, but Jordan Peterson probably has definitely sold dumb shit. Yeah. Jordan Peterson you... brand dumb shit. <laughs> I I Yes, if we can, well, you know, you, you can't parody them anymore. At this Jordan point. Peterson brand piss diapers. Come get your piss diapers. <laughs> it's what a lobster would wear. Damn it, I was going to do the lobster joke. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go with the lobster and the meat. That's all he eats. Surf and turf. Good old Jordan surf and turf Peterson. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up for the evening. Um keep that uh you know do what do what gritty does and punch a nazi today and uh as we you know if if we had the rights i'd play uh Venga bus is coming but we don't want to get into copyright trouble so let's just make the noise look out fascists the Venga bus is coming for you so this is good night for me i also want to just correct it there gritty doesn't just punch fascists he eats them. There are two things that Gritty eats, which is ass and fascist, and he's all out of ass. <laughs> ass, grass, and fascist. <laughs> Gritty is never that out of ass. But, I concur. Alright. Right off in the sunset with the Venga bus. So, good night from all of us, from me, Ing, and Elise. Elise, do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything you would like to plug on our I podcast? do! Uh, well, you guys can find me on both YouTube and Twitch as Elise Explosion. I do vaguely nostalgic taste tests and shit like that. Um, I also play dumb video games, so... It's there a lot more go. than and that, but here's what I got for 30 seconds. Yes. <laughs> it's Elise, that's E-L-Y-S-E, Explosion, by the way, if yes. you're curious. Um, so watch for her, and... And her, I'm, now I'm curious about the nostalgic taste test. How does that work exactly? So well, I did just get some new Coke, so. Oh, I see. It's old pro. It's products that have been there, sitting around for a very long time. Is what you mean? Okay. So I'll be. So watch for that, folks. Anyway, have a good night, guys, and uh, you know, hop on the Venga bus and ride off to the sunset. Good night, all. Later. Later.